Hello, my dear friends. I hope you're doing well. This is Mike Shreve, and you're listening to The No Pants Show. Today, we're going to be talking about how to grow your business in a peaceful way, in a stress-reducing way, uh, while radically increasing the profits that your business produces. And like most things in No Pants Land, we're going to come at this in a different sort of angle, okay? I'm going to give you strategies here in a second, but I really want you to understand the fundamental principles at play in any situation where you're trying to grow and scale rapidly. So the first thing to understand is that complexity breaks businesses, okay? Complexity breaks businesses. Now, there are a couple of reasons that complexity will break a business. One is that complexity is very stressful, okay? Now, what do we mean by stressful? I mean stressful in the personal sense, but I also mean stressful in the sense of, uh, like, say you're building a bridge and you're testing how much stress can the uh, steel in the bridge sustain, When you add more and more moving parts to a business, it is like pressure testing steel. Uh, The business will bend until it breaks. The human behind the business will bend until they break. And that's because, look, that's not uncommon. It's it's not just reserved for business. Uh, You take a, a household and you put all of the kids in nine sports. You put the mom and dad in different community events. You make them have a job and a side job. I mean, when you start introducing this complexity, you can see it's, it's a human issue that complexity creates stress, right? Now, complexity as a human being is fun at first, Because you get that rush of doing something new by adding another piece to what it is you're doing, right? So uh, the creation of complexity is fun. The management of complexity is a stress nightmare. It It just is. If you haven't experienced it yet, at some point in your life you will and you'll nod your head and you'll say, I understand now what what they were talking about on that podcast. Complexity is is a stress creator. But additionally, because it is in and of itself a stress on the systems, because it stresses the individual out who's running it, it also means that it limits the ability to scale, meaning the ability to grow and create in our case, a lot of revenue. Now, why is that? Well, imagine that scaling is like a time machine that speeds everything up, okay? So, because that's really what it, what scaling is, right? Like if we take a, an example of scaling. So we take a person who is sending five cold emails per day to land a client and then they build a system or they hire someone and now all of a sudden they're uh, sending 500 emails per day instead of 10 emails per day. That would be an example of someone scaling. Well, what have they done? They've time traveled. So if it took them, what, uh, let's say almost 30 days uh, to send 500 emails historically. Now they can send that in one day. That's a, that's a compression of time. That's what scaling is all about. It's taking what normally takes a long time, taking very little time. So if it normally takes you a year to make $100,000, scaling is doing all the things it takes uh, to make that in $100,000 in a year and doing it in, let's say, a month, right? That's the process of scale. A quick example would be if normally you serve clients one-on-one, if you move to a group program and implement different strategies where you can serve one-to-many, that is serving a bunch of people. Again, it's a compression of time. It's time traveling. It's you're using strategies to do the same thing, but in better ways so you can compress the time and that's how you can scale. Okay, so that's scaling. Well, what does that actually mean for complexity? The compression of time is simply another stress, and I mean this now in, you know, like uh, testing the, the steel in a bridge, 
It is another stress on top of the stress of complexity. So why are we talking all about this right now? Because a lot of people get to a certain point in their business and they want to keep growing and they make the mistake of taking a complex path or assuming that the next step in their business is an advanced step, meaning, oh, I think what I have to do in order to make more money is do more things or to add this or to become 10 times better at XYZ. Oftentimes, the way to scale, the way to actually grow your business is to remove the stressors in your business so that you can allow for the compression of time and that your business will be able to handle that compression of time, right? What good is your business if you onboard 30 brand new clients and you're not ready to serve any of them? right? So simplicity is actually the secret to making in a service-based business a lot of money. So what I want to do, um, because uh, on, on October 5th, uh, that, that's the very last time that I will ever offer one-on-one done-for-you services. Uh, October 5th is the very last day. You need to book your call with our team by the 5th, and there's no exceptions. Uh, it's the last time that I'll be doing one-on-one. Um, and part of this, the past couple podcasts that we've done and the emails, etc., is sort of to kind of celebrate that closing out. It's the last time I'll, I'll ever do it. But the reason that we are, um, that we're talking about simplicity is in the context of what we've been doing for our clients, okay? So whether you join us or not, I want to give you some strategies that we've been using for our clients uh, to make many, many thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars per week and, uh, you know, clients doing forty, fifty thousand $50,000 a month and et cetera, et cetera. This is how. It's through simplicity. So let's go all the way back to the core of how business works, okay? It's three simple steps. Step one, you have to have someone who needs what you're selling. Step number two, you need a process for turning that person's need into a desire that they will want to pay you. And then step number three, is you need a process for collecting that money and then offering the service. It's three simple steps. If your business right now is more complicated than three steps, you might be too complicated to scale. Now, step number one, I want to give you an example of of being a little bit more open-minded about step number one. A lot of people come to the no pants like, I don't know what I want to sell. And we say, well, think about who you can help. And then, and then they create complexity in their head. The, let me give you an example of one of our clients. So one of our clients right now, she's doing between 30 and $40,000 a month. Um, she is doing it serving a group of people that I probably could also serve. It's storytelling and fiction writing and things like that. That's about all, all I will say about that. Again, I don't want to give our clients away. Um, but, you know, I've published fiction. I probably could create a bunch of info products and stuff. But for since 2012, when people started asking me for those, those products, I said, no, no, there's no money in teaching writers um, how to write stories. Uh, writers are, you know, they never spend any money, blah, blah, blah. That was the belief that I had. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with admitting that in public. I saw a few of my friends doing fiction, how to fiction businesses. And I just didn't, I didn't like that. Well, this particular client, that's exactly what she wanted to do. And she knew that there was a need. And so I said, okay, we're going to put our marketing muscle, our sales muscle behind you, and we're going to support you. And wouldn't you know it, the people that she that that I thought would never spend money 
are now spending on the order of thirty to forty thousand dollars a month in her business that we built for her. Okay, so what's the point of this story? Except that I'm very proud and also very surprised, and still to this day I'm like, oh maybe. <laughs> no, but just as a note, I never will actually release any fiction stuff. Um, if I ever do anything, it'll be like a free YouTube series or something. But, um, but the point is that I think when people uh, go into business, they underestimate. Uh, what sorts of needs they themselves could fulfill, they incorrectly assume that the only needs that need filling are sales and marketing, meaning businesses that need sales and marketing, and that sometimes discourages them. They say, well, I guess I don't have anything to offer to anyone. And without getting too much into it in this podcast, I just want you to really, like there's a lot of places in your life where doubt is a bad thing. I would say where doubt is a good thing is doubting your assumptions about what people are willing to pay for. I'm a perfect example of my assumptions were incorrect. And luckily this particular client was like, yes, this is who I want to go for. And we went for them, and now she's doing very, very well. Okay, so just doubt the assumptions in step one of, you know, if you think that you don't have anything to offer, or you think that uh, the thing that you want to offer isn't profitable, you don't know until you test it. I mean, you don't know until you get out there and start talking to people. And you don't know if you don't do it correctly whether it was the fact that nobody wanted it or maybe you didn't do it correctly, right? So again, if there's a place to doubt in business, it's doubting that. Okay, so that's step one. Now, step two, this is where a lot of people get in trouble. This is where the complexity comes. Remember, step two is you just need a process to turn that person's need or want into a desire to pay you to help them. Now, think about that for a second. A process, okay? Not a random uh, attempts at something that you're guessing at when hope will work. And a process. So you need something that is repeatable. You need something that is a system so that you can rely on uh, the system, rather than having to rely on the human being, which in probably most cases is one person uh, trying to grow the business. But more importantly is step two doesn't actually matter what the process is. And this is, I think, really important for many of the people who are in the world of no pants. There are a hundred different effective ways to turn someone's need into a sale. There's a hundred different ways. And every online coach and program and webinar that's selling you something and et cetera, et cetera, a lot of those work. Okay, I make fun of the Lamborghini Brosifs all the time. I make fun of a lot of other people. I've been in this industry since 2007. I think more than half of them are absolute snakes in the grass and are horrible people. But a lot of them do really, really work. What's important, even some of the people who are really sleazy, their system does actually work. Right now, they may do it in a sleazy way. It might not be a way that you want to do it, but it does technically turn someone who has a a need or desire into a a cash paying client. So where you often get led astray or the, the problems that you have in business is determining what your process is. Or what happens oftentimes what a lot of people get stuck is just sticking to a process. So remember when I said complexity will prevent you from growing your business? What a lot of people do is they will 
add 15 different processes together, calling it one process, but it's really just a very complicated mashup that creates chaos and stress and ends up exerting more effort than the process and machine produces in results. Okay, you've probably experienced this yourself. Right? If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about in when I say a process and then how some people, it gets a little bit complicated, right? We've all been down that road. I've been down that road many times. It's a constant battle as a business owner to come back to, com- to simplicity. You always have to be checking yourself. Now, let me give you some examples of processes. And then I want to talk about the one that we do for our clients because I want to sort of show you how it compares to some of the other processes. Because one of the most important things that you'll ever learn about this world of online marketing is that the quote-unquote guru, the coach, the person who's in charge of the, that company, so for the No Pants Project, that's me. What I teach you as the quote-unquote best way is the best way for me. It's the best way that I've found Right, And so take that into consideration. It may not be the best for you. Okay, so there's a couple of different ways. And then I'll show you, I'll share with you the way that we're doing for our clients. So way number one, and, and one that I recommend that if you're very first getting started out, I highly recommend it. Just get a cold outreach process going. So whether that's cold email, whether it's outreaching on LinkedIn, I don't really recommend phone calls. Probably cold outreach email on LinkedIn. That is a process for turning somebody who has a need into a client. Now, the downside of that is it's manual labor. It's uh, you have to do a lot of work uh, through phone calls, through follow ups, through et cetera, et cetera, because to turn someone from I have a need to I want to be your client. There's a, there's, a, there's a lot of things at play. You need to show them that you can offer them value. You need to gain their trust. You need to demonstrate the value that you provide. You need to explain to them what it is exactly that you do so that they can understand it, etc., etc. Right? If you ever close somebody, it's not a two-minute conversation. It's, it can be quite long. And that's even, you know, even if you're really, really good at sales. So while the cold outreach method is really good for getting started, it isn't ideal for long-term sustainability. So then you go on to the next level that a lot of internet marketing teachers will teach you, and it is the VSL or the webinar. Okay, so it's run a bunch of traffic to an online video presentation have them book a call, and then close the sale. That is a very effective way of turning strangers into sales at scale. You can turn on some ads, and you can literally have hundreds of people per day watching that video presentation, whether you want to call it a VSL or webinar, it's basically the same thing. And hundreds of people can watch that video presentation. A couple of people per day will book a call, you have those conversations, you close them into some scalable offer, right? Whether it's a group coaching type, type of thing or whatever it is, a course, whatever. Now, that, that's great. And I have built many businesses off of the back of a webinar for clients. I've built a few of my own off the back of a webinar. But there's a problem with the webinar or the VSL, whatever you want to call it. And it is... It's probably the most complicated sales mechanism that exists in the digital marketing space. What do we mean by that? A webinar or a VSL is typically 45 minutes to an hour and a half long. Okay, uh, The ones that, that pull the big ticket clients. That's 45 minutes... It's 45 to 90 minutes of a sales presentation that in today's highly saturated market needs to be 
nearly perfect. I would never recommend that a beginner in online marketing or somebody whose business is currently doing less than a million a year start with a webinar or a VSL. I have been writing webinars and VSLs since 2007, and I can tell you that in terms of a sales mechanism, it is the hardest thing to get all of the pieces exactly correct. To be able to turn that stranger into a booked call ready to buy something from you. Now, does it mean don't do webinars? No. If you're an amazing webinar writer, go for it. That's fantastic. Again, we're not trying to have a contest of which is the best. We're just talking about the process that's needed. Remember step one, you need somebody who has a need. Step two, you need a process. So if you have an incredible voice, if you have an incredible energy, if people say you should be on TV, uh, you're a great presenter, if you also are able to sit down and script out a 90-minute, 45-minute VSL, if you have great audio, if you have the ability to make incredible slides, if you're willing to test like crazy. So Russell Brunson always talks about how uh, when he does webinars or when he did webinars at some point, he would do a webinar a week that was live. So a lot of people just go straight to Evergreen. They just go straight to Automated because they don't want to actually talk to people and they think a webinar will keep them from talking to people. But Russell Brunson will do a live webinar and there's one time it took him 36 different tries. So basically a webinar, tweak, webinar, tweak, do it the next week, webinar, tweak, do it the next week for 36 weeks in a row. And this is the guy who teaches you you need to go do a webinar, right? Again, I'm just, I want you to think about this from your own standpoint. I'm not trying to dig on anybody, but you know, if the guy saying do webinars says go do it 36 times, tweak it 36 times, that's how hard webinars are. And they're hard because the number of people who are actually really good at giving webinars, who can maintain the energy, who can put together a presentation that will grab someone and and pull them in for 45 minutes to 90 minutes to get them excited to buy something from them. That's a very small group of people who have that naturally. Everybody else has to work really hard at it. But at the same time, and this is why it's easy to fall into the trap of buying different processes, because while all that's true, what else is true is that webinars are really effective. And they work really well. Why do they work really well? They work really well because they are tools for doing the following things. One is unlike the outreach method, which I've talked about before. The outreach method is very manual. To talk to 100 people, you have to send out five, 600 cold outreaches, maybe even more. Then when you want to... When, you, when we're doing the manual outreach, when you want to then talk to the people and tell them what it is you sell, you do it in a one-to-one basis, right? So you're one-on-one doing discovery calls. With a webinar, you want to talk to 100 people, you run like $500 in Facebook ads, get 100 people to sign up for your webinar, run your webinar, your VSL or whatever, and you're presenting that message not in a one-on-one capacity, but in a group capacity. So this is a very effective, scaled delivery process. It may be brutally difficult, but it's very effective, right? Now, what are we doing on the webinar? We're gaining trust. We're showing the value. We're trying to provide value in advance, the good webinars anyways, Uh, provide value in advance so people have light bulb moments, change their belief, they get excited to buy from you, and then they move on to booking a call. So we have this very effective tool of webinars which are very difficult, and frankly, most people probably shouldn't try. Not yet in their business. Maybe later on when they can hire very expensive copywriters and a team to make a brilliant design, and etc. And then on the other hand, we have this brutal process of manual outreach. 
Well, one of the things that uh, I realized is that there has to be a way in between that, that like regular people like me (laughs) could do to get the effects of a webinar without having to do 36 webinar variations, right? Now, you know that we basically grew the no pants on a webinar. And honestly, it was, it was not, it was not a great time that I, I don't like that we grew the no pants with the webinar. There's a whole bunch of problems with webinars besides just how difficult they are. But we realized, and I say we because the team kind of helped me to come up with this. And what we do now for our clients as of uh, December of 2019 is we realize that there's actually a really good way to get strangers to essentially look at you as their next best step. And the only real requirement is a sincere and genuine desire to help strangers. So let me explain it exactly. If you remember what we talked about in the last podcast episode, we talked about creating uh, information level products. So mini courses, mini workshops, templates, things like that. But what we didn't talk about is the mechanics of those products when being sold to strangers in how it relates to then those customers wanting to buy more things from you. So many years ago, I worked uh, for Success Magazine. So they were one of my freelancing clients. Incredible opportunity. Um, Success Magazine owns, or the owner of Success Magazine owns, the Jim Rohn intellectual property. And uh, Jim Rohn, his audios are literally what got me off the street. So I would go to the public library. I would find his audios that were illegally ripped off and downloaded onto YouTube or the videos and the audios as well. Um, And I would go to the public library, I'd listen to those. And that's how I basically got off the street many, 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 many years ago. So it was really cool to come full circle, work for success, and then get to do some stuff with the Jim Rohn thing. Well, a big portion of the success business is gathering a bunch of valuable speakers together for a weekend event, you know, a big stage at a hotel and a bunch of, you know, chairs and things, and then selling tickets for people to come to those events, right? Now, when... It's important for you to understand that concept because what happens is the individuals who paid those tickets, $50 or whatever they were, $100, some, in some cases, you know, the fancier ones are up in the five, six hundred, whatever the, the ticket prices were. I don't really honestly remember. You go to the event and because you paid for that ticket, you're sitting and listening to these speakers motivate and share wisdom and share insights and you come away from that event feeling uplifted feeling excited feeling differently about the company than you did before you bought the ticket now i share that example because that's not an uncommon experience in the world you've very likely had similar experiences in a variety of different places in your life. Example, you buy a book by an author you've never read before. You read the book. Now you feel differently about the author, whether good or bad. You feel differently about the author than before you paid to consume the work. You want to try a new restaurant. You read all the reviews. You watch all the commercials of the restaurant. You read their blog. You you consume all of their marketing. But until you go to the restaurant, put down some money, 
and actually consume the food, you, you don't get the full change in opinion and beliefs about that restaurant. The same is true in how you consume movies. and It's nearly every model of consumption is based on the transaction, the consumption, and then the newly formed beliefs and ideas and etc. Okay? Now, this pattern of behavior, of very normal, very regular behavior, seems to have been forgotten in the world of internet marketing, in the world of doing business online. We have put too much emphasis on make your marketing so good that it somehow, you know, completely changes someone's mind and, you know, goes, you know, completely changes their opinion and completely changes their belief system and complete and does all these things which are required to get a stranger to buy something from you at a high ticket price. In other words, instead of looking at natural consumer behavior, because the people selling internet marketing tactics happen to be marketers, they say, focus on the marketing. What I am suggesting is that you stop focusing on the marketing and you instead start to adjust your business to match average consumer behavior. So what I do for clients and we'll, and and if you and, um you need to book a call before October 5th this is the last time I'll do it is I take their business I take what they want to sell and I ask myself how can we sell tickets to a little preview show how can I sell the first copy in a series of a book how can I get that little $27 transaction. What can we do to serve someone at that level that doesn't involve you as the business owner? And how can we have as many of those transactions as possible so that every single day you're not getting people who watched a webinar, you're getting people who bought something from you and actually consumed after a transaction. Okay, so think about that for a second. What I help people to do and until October 5th, uh, in which case the, well, there'll be some changes, different contract, the team's going to be in charge, I won't be involved, but what I'm helping people do and have been helping people this whole year is to take what they are good at and to create an easy-to-consume whether it's some templates, whether it's a mini course, whether it's a workshop, whether it's whatever, that we can sell little $27 tickets to, aka $27 purchases, and then we scale it as much as possible. And what's really happening is this common consumer behavior of transaction, consumption, belief creation, meaning belief about the company. Right Now, what happens after that is we then can invite those individuals, meaning the people who purchased the little $27 thing, into the next step of whatever it is you want that next step to be. If it's to work one-on-one with you, if it's to go into a group coaching program, if it's to buy in something that you recommend. You don't have to sell your own stuff. You can sell affiliate offers. You can sell other products and programs. You can sell whatever it is. But the point that I'm trying to make is the big breakthrough uh, that I, that we are giving these clients is to stop focusing on marketing and instead to focus on value-based transactions because value-based transactions 
is significantly more effective and significantly more powerful in changing the mind and opinion of a stranger. If somebody buys something from you and it helps them in some way, there is a direct connection in their mind between when I spend money with this individual, I get more than what I bargain for. That relationship, getting on the phone to then buy your main stuff, or shoot, you don't have to sell on the phone if you don't want to. You can sell via email. You can sell via Facebook chat. There's At that point, you don't, again, it's your process. Remember the back to the beginning of this podcast. What are we talking about? Step one, you need to find people who have a need. Step two, you need a process that turns those people into people ready to buy from you. So again, whether you want to close them via messenger, via email, via phone call, whatever, that doesn't matter. The point is that you have changed the nature of the relationship at scale. And this is where the reduction in complexity and the scale piece comes in. With these funnels that we build for clients, and and by the way, I, I should note, you're seeing more and more of these in the market, and there are a few people who are claiming that they invented this process, this, you know, $27 into an order bump and an upsell and all that kind of stuff. You guys, I'm telling you, I didn't invent it. I did not invent it. And I've been writing these funnels since 2012, right? So at least eight years. There's people who've just come out in the past like two or three years or whatever, and they've they've given it a fancy name and they want to take all the credit that they invented it, even though ironically they can't duplicate it within their own business. Um, That's a whole other story for another time. The point is uh, that this mechanism that we're talking about, it's not even a new mechanism, okay? It's even older than 2012. It goes all the way back to the early days, John Hopkins, uh, uh, early, early stuff, late 1800s style, pre-scientific advertising. Uh, I mean, it's it's the coupon voucher for the this and the it it's old it's an old old concept that for some reason the internet marketing industry because of the popularity of a few of these high ticket funnel guys have forgotten they've forgotten that the problem with a high ticket funnel and a webinar is that you better be dang good at marketing and you better be a killer on the phone. And you, be able, you better be able to close in one sale. Just the other day, our salesperson, Troy, closed $5,000 short of hundred grand in one day. So $95,000. Troy is very, very good at selling. He has a long career in sales but there's something else at play here. And that is that Troy doesn't deal with cold people who've never bought something from us talking to him on the phone, which means that Troy doesn't have to be aggressive to close almost a hundred grand in one day. If you've ever talked to Troy, you know what I'm talking about. He's an absolutely pleasant individual. I don't think anyone would call Troy a killer. Right? <laughs> That's not how we run our business. We don't want to run our business that way. Troy's strength is in serving people on the phone, in caring about people. And because we've removed this cold traffic, just watched a webinar, has to be done in one call close, and we've replaced it instead 
with this very simple idea that a process, that the process we've chosen to turn strangers into people ready to buy our done-for-you stuff, our high-ticket stuff, our profit centers in our business, is that we have sold smaller things and through that process changed people's minds and got them ready to buy for, from us. So let me make a, a, a few final notes here. This might be a lot to think about in your own business, but a few final notes on this. A lot of people fail at webinars, VSLs, selling on the phone because of performance pressure, right? Look, talking to a stranger is not nothing. Uh, Asking them to judge you and then make a decision about you and potentially reject you, that's not nothing. And, And for a lot of people who need to make money now, not when they quote-unquote, get over being nervous or whatever, you know, like uh, however long it takes to finally get comfortable on the phone, like they need to make sales now. It's, it's an unwise business move to assume that you have to fit into that particular process. Because remember, like I said at the beginning of this, The process is interchangeable. The requirement to making lots of money in business is not do this process. It's do a process. One that works. One that's simple because it can scale. But in my opinion, one that is the kind of process that you can do over and over again meaning the process that's a fit for your personality. Now, if you are the kind of person who doesn't want to take cold phone calls, one call closes from a cold VSL, and and you don't want to get involved with that rather, um, I I would say aggressive. I mean, to, to, to close someone on one phone call, uh, from a cold Facebook ad, watching a a 45 minute or even an hour and a half long VSL, you have to be quite aggressive. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been in some of these uh, sales trainings from some of these people uh, where, you know, their advice is state your price and then don't say anything. And then Whoever talks first loses. I mean, it's very Glengarry Glenn Ross, which is funny because Glengarry Glenn Ross was actually poking fun at the... <laughs> I think a lot of people who watch that don't realize uh, that it's actually poking fun at that whole world uh, and, and criticizing it quite heavily. But anyways, that's a whole other uh, uh, discussion for another time. But if that's not your style, it doesn't mean you can't have a $4 million a year business. It's not my style, and we do very well. It's because we've, re- we've removed the performance pressure of having to do and be that kind of a person in a company, and we've replaced it with the buy the ticket, buy the $27 thing to our event, which is in our case on a, uh, often mini courses, uh, this coming up in hopefully a week or two, we're going to be um, selling a bunch of templates. And then a couple weeks after that, we have more templates we're going to sell. And then a couple weeks after that, we have a, a mini course that we're going to be offering. It's the same basic mechanism as a webinar, get to know you, offer value, tell them what else you have. But it's done in a way, just think of it. It's the, the, here's the difference. It's the difference between getting up in front of a bunch of strangers and trying to sell them something. And then getting up in front of a bunch of people who have paid you money and teaching them something. That's the difference, right? Uh, And that's why these funnels work so well because you can show up in your USU in that $27 offer. You can bring your cheesy sense of humor. You can bring your quirkiness and your nerdiness. You can bring your whatever you want to bring and you can 
speak into a microphone and teach with your passion and, 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 you know, create a worksheet and say, this is a great worksheet. It's going to help you do this thing, or you can make your templates and explain how they're awesome. And whatever it is you want to do, you can be yourself without having to worry in the back of your mind, these are strangers and, oh no, that, that, you know, I need to sell them on something because that's not the purpose of the transaction. But it still leads to, at the end of the day, the goal that we're trying to reach, which is to sell more of our services, our coaching, whatever it might be. Okay, so again, I could go on probably for hours and hours. Uh, Inside of our Peaceful Profits program, we're going to be adding a significant amount of this type of stuff. Uh, really helping people to build these funnels for themselves. Uh, It's really going to be a core component of the Peaceful Profits uh, program moving uh, into the future. It is, in my opinion, the the best way to scale any company. Um, It works on multiple platforms. So it works on Facebook ads. It works organically. You can sell it on your Instagram profile. You can sell these things via YouTube ads, LinkedIn ads we're testing right now. It's an old method that has found resurgence and it's a great method. It's one of the one of my favorites, one of the one of the ones that I've enjoyed more than any other that I've tried. And that's a big reason why we've enjoyed uh, doing it for clients this year. However, on October 5th is the last time that we're going to take clients where I am involved one to one which means if you want me to help you create the offers to come up with the offers, if you want me to help you even design the back end, so what would this funnel lead into? What could you sell for $5,000? What could you sell for $25,000? Do you ha- do you actually have something or do we need to set up partnerships where you can, you know, sell something for 5 grand and you don't even have to sell it, but you'll get paid 2 grand, right? We have options like that. There's a whole bunch of different things that we have involved um, in this offer. You need to book a call and chat with our team by October 5th of 2020. Uh, we're wrapping up and onboarding the last of our clients, getting ready for Q4 and the busy season of November and December and all these sorts of things. And additionally, we are going to be really doubling down and focusing on uh, the Peaceful Profits group coaching program where we will teach you with coaches how to do this. So that's also an option as well. Maybe you don't want to have us build it for you, uh, but you would love to see uh, we've built 20... I think we're into 26 clients, maybe 27 at the time, by the time this goes out uh, of these funnels just this year, which is probably more than maybe any company on the planet has ever built in a single year of this very specific funnel type. Um, And we are sharing all of that in the Peaceful Profits, everything that we've learned uh, and uh, give obviously templates and things like that. So that's also an option. Um, But if you want my team and I, to do it for you, uh, the last possible opportunity to be involved in that uh, with my help is October 5th. So that's it, my dear friends. Whether you and I get to work together or not, I do hope that this has uh, helped you to rethink the process of building your business so that you can break down the complexity and realize that your role as a business owner is really sort of more like a jigsaw puzzle creator, not creator, doer of a jigsaw puzzle. (laughs) What are people who call a puzzle doer? I don't know. You're more a puzzle doer (laughs) than anything else. In other words, there are requirements in a business But those requirements within themselves have interchangeable parts and pieces, which if sanity and peace of mind is your goal in running your business, means that you get to change those parts in and out. And again, just as a recap, so we understand what we're talking about here. 
There's three steps to making a ton of money in business. Like, honestly and, and sincerely, more money than you can possibly imagine at the moment. There's just three things. Find people who have something that they need taken care of. So step one. Step two, have a process in place. A process. It doesn't, it doesn't actually matter what the process is, except that it needs to be a process that you enjoy doing. Or You don't have to enjoy it. Just a, a process that doesn't make you insane, that doesn't make you depressed, that doesn't increase your anxiety. That, so a process in place for turning those people who have that need into a customer or client. And then number three is a way to take their money and deliver a tremendous value for the money that they've given you. That's it. You, you do those three things and you do them long enough and you do them well enough. And, and I promise you, tremendous things can happen. If you were to ask me back when I was even first coming off of living on the streets, if you were to ask me, do you ever think you'll get to where you are right now? Like if you're, and I don't want to, I'm not here to brag and talk about how much we are doing or whatever, but let's say 2020, do you think you'll ever get to that point? No, no way. No way. Not even close. Wasn't even in my, in my mind. But because I focused on those three things, finding out what people need, putting in a simple process that I like doing, the only time I've ever hated my business is when I had a process that I thought was quote unquote the best process or a guru had convinced me was the, the best process in the world instead of really looking at, yeah, but does this process fit my personality? Does this process fit my needs? You know, do I want to do 36 webinars over 36 weeks? No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> do I want to take strangers from cold, you know, on a Q&A? No, I don't want to do any of that. Um, so just focusing on those three things and then delivering as much value as I possibly can. And that has gotten me very, very far, uh, certainly further than I ever thought I would be at that time in my life, further than I ever expected as a kid and in the way that we grew up and et cetera. So the point that I'm trying to make is be mindful of all the gurus out there that are saying this is the best ever and ask yourself, is it good for you? And that includes the things that I share, because I can only share with you what is working for me. And so consider that, right? Um, and if you would like me to help you to build what's working for me and for all of our clients, if you'd like me to build that for you, just go to the nopansproject.com forward slash done for you. Need to have booked a call by October 5th. And that is the last of our uh, clients that we're going to be taking on uh, in this particular offer. So again, hopefully this has been helpful to you, my friends. I hope you have a wonderful day and I will talk to you soon.